0: Welcome to another episode of Ordinary Old Catholic Me. You know how you're driving down a street in some main area of a city, and you see this old grizzled guy, badly dressed, everything ill fitting, and he's carrying a sign on a post that says, The end is near and has some biblical quote attached to it. No, here I am, a religious person purportedly, and I can remember kind of giggling at these people, sort of, come on, guy, you don't know that the end is near? And really, do you think you're making any impact on people who are running around near you? They're all laughing at you, you silly old guy. And then maybe if you're being fair, you have a kind of grudging respect for this person that he's willing to try to tell the world that it needs to change its way of being. This poor man's John the Baptist, well I guess John the Baptist was pretty poor, so an even poorer man's John the Baptist. With all the news both in the secular world and in the Catholic Church, the current Catholic Church, the modern Catholic Church, I think, was it uh, Fulton Sheen who suggested it was going to be kind of a fake church, a parallel church that would ape the real Catholic church? Again, something else that I always thought was kind of nuttiness. But I've noticed that everything that's happening in the secular world seems to be happening exactly in a parallel way, in a mirror way. Not in an opposite mirror, but in a complete mirror way to what's happening in the secular world. It used to be that both in the church and in secular society, we didn't always agree about how to go about adhering to principles of good and truth, but we all agreed more or less that there were the same principles of good and truth. That has simply gone out the window. Now, the so-called culture of relativism is all about Who has power to establish the relative truth? And those forces are basically, whether we realize it, or not torturing us because they're demanding that we see reality their way. And the failure to do so makes you an outcast even within your own society or in your own church. Now, the church is a little bit behind the society insofar as this. At least ostensibly, the teachings of the magisterium, the handed down truths, the unchangeable truths, as we were once told, are still technically present. It's just that a lot of authority around us are saying that we should ignore those ancient truths and that they don't really mean what they seem to mean. It's psychological torture for now both in the secular society and in the activities of the church. But it's beginning to feel as if it's becoming more. A friend of mine, a close friend, someone I care deeply about and who's always been very good to me, and I were having a bit of a debate over one of the big secular issues of the day. And, of course, we disagreed. We have very different political views. And after we would debated for a while, he said... uh, Let's get together for lunch at the new restaurant here on Sunset Boulevard that's attached to a new hotel and residence. And I wrote back to him and I said, I'm not going out anymore. Not as long as I have to wear a mask inside, which has been reinstated here in California. In this area as well, I believe that the mandates for some are very different from the mandates for many others, such that the inconsistency is so profound that it makes the very mandate seem illogical of itself, but also because the evidence of the strength of masks has really never been shown, despite the fact that so many people on Facebook and elsewhere will tell you that you're just a horrible person, a selfish person, for even suggesting that you don't agree with everything that's coming out of our government. And this, by the way, just by way of disclaimer, is from someone who has followed all of the rules. I was vaccinated really early on. I wore my mask without objection except for the very beginning when I was wearing a mask and I was told that it wasn't the kind of mask that they accepted. I have been a good girl, as always one tries to be when one is raised with the idea that authority is always right, something which I have learned of late is, well, I've learned it in the last thirty, forty years, but... I still resist the fact that authority is often wrong and cruel. So my objections have been purely intellectual and moral, if you will, and philosophical, and mostly based on the fact that the inconsistencies of application are so profound that they negate the rules that are being proffered and enforced, but only on some people. And as my father said, the laws... Are only for the law abiding everybody else gets to do whatever they want so anyway i told this friend that my only time for going out going forward at least this is my effort because it is very hard to avoid wearing the mask even if you have a delivery made to your house you're required to wear the mask even if you have a glass door between you and the person you have to wear the mask a parenthetical on rule abiding I get uh, every few months when I get my bill from my electric company, I get a little notice about how my use of electricity compares to my neighbors. Last time, I got a, you're doing not so well. But today, or yesterday, I got a, a good, not an excellent, because I'm still using a little bit more than my most efficient neighbors. And I have to tell you, i hardly use any electricity and if i'm using electricity in any deep way it's coming from my refrigerator which runs of course all the time barely use any lights i have not used my air conditioner through this whole summer which raises an interesting question about the fact i keep being told that we're having one of the worst summers ever Frankly, I have found it to be a mild summer. Well, maybe in some of the places and valleys and mountain areas or places where it often is hot, desert areas, yeah, it's been really hot, but it's always hot in those areas. So again, my very visual, my very experience is being denied. So I've been told that I am not sufficiently being efficient. I probably could do that if I started using candles and started doing fires outside of my terrace with wood in order to cook my food. By the way, I don't cook. I hardly ever cook. So maybe it's because I dare to use my microwave. I do not wish to be told by my electric company that I am not in accord with all my better neighbors when I hardly use any electricity, in fact. And if there's a problem, then the problem is with the grid and something that needs to be repaired someplace in the electrical structure of my building. Well, as you can see, I'm in a mood and I want to go back to that little man with the end is near sign. I have to tell you that living through all of this, my personal feeling is that I want to stand on a corner with a sign that says the end is here. So what am I doing is I told my friend, I keep going back to that, is uh, I have several things I have to go out for, one of which is church, and we are back to wearing masks in church. So I want to go to church, and so once a week I will go to church and wear my mask. And then I have certain obligations to others, and I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, but only kind of wishing I didn't have those things because then I could limit my going out even further. But what I'm doing, and this way people can just say I'm nuts, but I'm not selfish. I am not going out at all. I am engaging in a self-imposed lockdown because I might as well get used to the fact that it's going to be another forced lockdown Shortly, if not because of the Delta variant, because of some other variant of some other virus that's coming down the pike. And I want to disclaim again do I believe that COVID 19 exists? I absolutely do. I also believe that my vaccination, based upon what I'm hearing out there, that my being vaccinated for COVID 19 doesn't change my being a walking danger to every single person out there who is unvaccinated. Well, then. Neither did my measles vaccine, my flu vaccine, my pneumonia vaccine, and any vaccine I've ever gotten which was supposed to protect me and others. So I'm just a germ machine, and so are the rest of us, and there's nothing to be done but for us to stay away from one another forever. Now I know that a bunch of you are laughing right now and say, oh she's an idiot. Well, okay, I'm an idiot. I hope I am an idiot that we are not absolutely being prepped like little rats in a maze this preamble is really i guess ultimately about the fact that i'm just not in a good mood i'm also reading a book about the beginnings of the german takeover of austria and how it affected people who lived there of a particular group and what it's like when a particular group become quote disliked persons and how in my mind this is happening here and we just don't see the signs. And I say we, others don't see the signs. A lot of people do see the signs, but right now they have no power to change anything. My friend said uh, in response to my edict about the mask and we'll see if I maintain it, it's not gonna be easy. But, uh, and it's hard to stay at home all the time. It's hard even to order groceries in because you have to wait for them there's a long window, they forget things, you don't really get a choice as to what you want, so you're really at the mercy of of another group of people. But he said, well, we're going to go to dinner. We're both scared. And my thought was, I'm not scared, per se. Not to say that I won't be as things progress, but what I really am is angry. I'm angry that people are not seeing that The United States and the church are doing precisely the things they did in the past that led to the persecution of innocent people. It doesn't matter who and what the group is, but it's always some innocent group that becomes a scapegoat. And it's always done by bad propaganda. Not all propaganda is bad, but bad propaganda and authoritarian tweaks that start innocently enough and certain euphemisms are used to make it sound like it's a good thing So people embrace the seeming good thing until they find out that they are now effectively prisoners of the evil. I guess I'm angry not because I'm brilliant but because it's so obvious that we're doing both in the church and in secular society the same types of evil that have been done in the past and trying to convince ourselves that we're better than the people of the past and we're actually in some ways worse because we have separated ourselves from ultimate truth completely. So I guess this particular episode is just thoughts of a on the edge of a despairing Catholic and American. If I'm scared And again, I'm not sure that it's scared as much as frustrated at the nature of powerlessness. When I read this book about the taking over of Austria and the surrounding areas at the beginning of World War II, and how the United States was so isolationist and willing to let what was happening over there happen until, of course, it came to us. That's the thing I feel most in reading about these now long dead people that they were powerless and everything put around them were restrictions and rules and regulations that were posited as for the good, but what they were, were restraining them, corralling them, and ultimately isolating them unto their very lives. I just didn't know what to do with myself this week because I was just so down. I'm still down quite frankly. I'm trying to pray, trying to ask God for the grace to do His will, do what's in front of me, live my life in as holy, if possible, a way as I can. But I've always had to battle a pessimistic nature, and when the world around you is so disrupted and so devolving, it's very hard for that kind of a person, even with prayer, to turn it around and I've probably said before that trust is not one of my key abilities and the most important thing is to trust in God and I struggle with that too. So yesterday I thought I've got to do something and something occurred to me that's occurred to me in the past and that was to go visit a relatively local FSSP church and attend a traditional Latin mass I wasn't sure how that was going to help, because as I've said before, the traditional Latin Mass I appreciated. I'm glad it exists. I am terribly distressed that the Pontiff's motu propria has done or tried to do what it appears to have done to limit, to restrict it in favor of the Novus Ordo, which I do attend Uh, a reverent Novus Ordo Mass, which is perhaps the reason I've never left. So I'm not sure. I haven't been sure how I feel, if that's the right word here, because feeling really isn't the appropriate thing. It's not about my feeling. It's about whether it's the proper worship of God. But I didn't know how I was going to respond to it. I've been to one before. I haven't always enjoyed it, if you will, which is, again, not the function of the Mass to give me enjoyment. It's about worshiping God. Both Masses, the same, Jesus Christ is present in both, but I went because I was feeling a little desperate and I used to go to the daily Mass at my parish at 12 noon but currently that's not being offered so I'm not going to daily Mass and this again is at my door I could go to the 830 Mass I'm not a morning person so my getting to it is uh, not likely that of course would be a matter of discipline for me but that's neither here nor there. A long time ago I had gotten myself A small chapel veil from amazon.com and so I retrieved it and off I went for a an evening mass that they have at this church. They still have an outdoor mass and so I was pleased to find I did not have to wear a mask as I attended the mass and I didn't go inside because which I wanted to do because I've never actually seen the inside of the church this particular church but I didn't want to go inside and I was maintaining my personal commitment to not wearing a mask where I did not have to. I was well apart from anybody near me, although it was very, very, very well attended. Probably more people at this weekday evening mass than I see currently at any church at the Novus Ordo. Clearly they were regulars. I didn't recognize anybody, although I know people from my parish who occasionally go there. Here's what I brought along with me. I actually have my original St. Joseph's Daily Missal from 1959, which contains the ordinary of the mass. The left side is in Latin, the right side is in English, and I wondered whether or not I'd be able to follow along. And you know what? It was easy, and that's the first thing that occurred to me as I was watching and listening and and trying to pray was that it did seem to be the Mass of all ages, the Mass of all time, because here I could pick up something from a book from 60 years ago and this Mass was exactly the same as I had left it. And it was directed, you know where? Absolutely towards God. This is what I felt. I didn't have a mystical experience, different from the ones I have at the Novus Ordo, but I did sense the unchangeability of the church and the existence of absolute truth that I don't feel anywhere in my own society and even within the church that has the Novus Ordo so even though the Novus Ordo is incredibly respectful at my parish the societal pressures around it are extant even there When I'm talking to fellow parishioners, many do not believe in the truths that the church teaches. They seem to feel that the church should change its teachings on major things. I think I just read today, not having to do with my parish, but some woman who walked out of her parish and has ceased being Catholic because the priest who's now in the parish is pro-life, which is talk about a distortion of reality. Of course, a priest who teaches in the Catholic Church, who runs a Catholic parish, is supposed to be pro-life. She acts as if, oh no, my gosh, he's pro-life. That's terrible. But at least to give her credit for doing what other Catholics who feel that they don't like the teachings of the church don't do. She left. She had the courage of her convictions, and she isn't telling the church to change its unchangeable truth. So being at the traditional Latin mass yesterday, I felt as if I had stepped back into a better time, not a perfect time. Human beings are human beings. They did bad things in the past. They do bad things now, but now they pretend that the bad things are actually good things as opposed to what we did in the past is that Albeit through great struggle, we realized that we had done bad things and repented of them. I thought that I was going to find it difficult not to be participatory. Remember, I serve at my Novus Ordo parish, and there's a lot of interaction between the people and the priest in the Novus Ordo parish, although what I've discovered in the last many years is that most people in the pews don't even bother to respond to anything that's going on on the altar. And because I was paying attention and actually following along and reading some of the beautiful translations of what was being said on the altar, I thought to myself, I'm actually more in tune with what's happening than I thought I would be. And in some ways, my spiritual participation is much better here than it is when I'm going to Mass at my local parish listen to this i'm going to do the english version of course in the preparatory prayers listen to this we don't pray like this in the Novus ordo for you O god are my strength why do you keep me so far away why must i go about in mourning with the enemy oppressing me that's spoken by the server the priest says send forth your light and your fidelity they shall lead me on and bring me to your holy mountain into your dwelling place server says then will i go into the altar of god the god of my gladness and joy then the priest says then will i give you thanks upon the harp O god my god why are you so downcast O my soul why do you sigh within me server hope in god for i shall again be thanking him in the presence of my savior and my god priest glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit server as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen." That's just the beginning of the Mass. What did I feel? Something solid, but something heavenly at the same time. It was more of an intellectual response than it was an emotional response, but there did come a time when the priest raised the host with his back to us that I did something that I don't think I do as much when the priest is facing the people because the facing of the people distracts from the host. At least that was my immediate impression. So the host is raised, the the bell is rung, and there he is. Suddenly you're focused on the transubstantiated host, God present, right there. At the beginning of my St. Joseph's Missal, there is an introduction about the nature of the mass and about the parts of the mass about high masses and low masses about the vessels and vestments used at the mass to explain the mass to the people maybe the current missiles have that i don't know i should look at my current missiles but i don't think i ever read this introduction as a kid and then of course vatican ii came along and this missile became a memento and happily has become a useful instrument once again. So now I'm finally reading what's here. I just wanna read you this really amazing part about the nature of the mass, which if any of us really focused on, we'd understand what the mass is all about. And if people just were all instructed in this small piece, there would be, I think, a sense of awe about what happens at every single Mass. Novus Ordo Masses, too. I want to repeat that because I don't want to give the impression that I don't believe that what happens at a Novus Ordo Mass is different from what happens at the traditional Latin Mass. It just seems that the presentation is hugely different. And the response of the people has become, in the case of the Novus Ordo Mass, in many cases, not all cases, rather lax and uninspired. And what we need now is a foundation to hold on to, a sturdy boat in the oceans which are tossing and turning us that maybe in many expressions of the Mass under the Novus Ordo is simply not happening. Even though Jesus Christ is very much present, he's not being seen. So this was written by Richard Kugelman, C.P.S.T.L.S.S.L., holy mass is the unbloody sacrifice of the new testament in which the body and blood of our lord and savior jesus christ are offered to god under the appearance of bread and wine humanity's redemption was accomplished when christ bowed his head in death on the cross the holy mass is the sacrament of the sacrifice of redemption through which more abundantly quote than through any other means council of trent the merits of Christ's redeeming death are applied to souls. The Mass is not a mere symbol recalling the sacrifice of the cross. It is a sacrament, a symbol that does what it signifies. Through the separate consecration of the bread and wine, Christ our Lord, speaking through his priests, portrays the shedding of his blood and his dying on Calvary, and becomes really present under symbols that show him to be in a state of of victimhood in accomplishing this act christ presents once more before his father his immolation on the cross with all that it involves of love and obedience of adoration thanksgiving propitiation and petition thus saint cyprian writing to the christians of the third century declared the sacrifice which we offer to god is the passion of our lord himself Besides being the sacramental renewal of Christ's sacrifice on the cross, the Mass is also our sacrifice. Holy Baptism grafted us in Christ, the true vine. We are members of Christ's mystical body, the Church. Christ, our Head, is the priest and the victim of every Mass. The sacred ministers act in the person not only of our Savior, but of the whole mystical body and of every one of the faithful christ offers not only himself as head of the church but in himself his mystical members as well popius the 12th mediator dei in every mass therefore we are associated with the complete consecration the obedience unto death of christ our head attendance at mass should be for us the renewal of our baptismal promises a sincere dedication to christian living to the following of Christ, to doing the will of God. So did it help going to the Latin Mass? Well, I came back and I was still in a pretty bad mood, but I think I was fortified by seeing something very foundational and being reminded that my job is to do the will of God. Not that it doesn't happen when I go to the Novus Ordo, but... I need a very specific reminder right now, one that is strong, that is bold, that will give me an infusion that is lacking, I think, in the modern Catholic Church. I'm sorry I'm saying that, but it's just the way I think a lot of lay people feel. And I think it's the reason people are driven to the Latin Mass. We're living in a world where Everyone around us is basically telling us in the church and outside the church that man is the measure of all things. A politician can tell the church that he is allowed to receive Holy Communion as a devout Catholic even though he is not in accord with the teachings of the church. This is liberty to the average Catholic to do the same. That's what he teaches us when we're told that he is a devout Catholic. Then I can be a devout Catholic without abiding by any of the transcendental rules. I can pretend that I'm going to live forever and not face God at the private judgment and then later at the general judgment. Well, it may not be later. There is no time in heaven. It may all be at the same time. When men and women oppress other men and women, they are saying that they are God's in both our society and much in our church as it currently exists, and not just the Catholic Church, pretty much all religions at this stage of the game, is that somehow we determine what is truth. It's almost a ridiculous belief that we are immortal, that we can control life and death. But the one thing that the Latin Mass reminded me of was that God holds us in the palm of his hand, That he is life, and he gives life. I want to end on a poem by my new discovery, George Mackay Brown. I did finally get his collected poems after I did the three episodes about him. And I think that this poem kind of sums up what we need to do, the way we need to see our lives, the way I need to see my life, in relationship to the Mass. Be it Novus Ordo version or traditional Latin Mass, which have the same jesus christ present at the moment of transubstantiation the poem is called ash wednesday remember man that thou art dust the earl kneels the ash of the end is written on his brow a captain of ships kneels to be put in mind of a death in a far port or at home or on a rock of the sea and the boy that holds cinders for the priest his forehead is smeared who wears a coat of fourteen aprils the lady of papelet thinks most mornings she will live forever kneeling now is touched with the grave store the plum enfolds sun-grained hands he tilts his face to the dust drained of warmth and light fisherman the spindrift will wash the ashes from you tomorrow still you remember between two waves st peter and the fire of his denials and the old bishop i know this one god ground deed or thought endures when the circle of diamond and gold on my finger is dust in the kirk of magnus stood a multitude of islanders death fair that day hungry after for pontis angelicus and unto dust thou shalt return my mood may not be terribly better after having attended Mass yesterday and today, but I do know what I have to focus on, and that is going to have to be my ever-present thought. And if you, who are listening to this show, this podcast, have the same sense of confusion and distress and frustration, that is the only solution. God in the Eucharist, in the Mass, we recognizing our dependency on He who reconciled us to Him by His death on the cross. Well, so goes another episode of Ordinary Old Catholic Me. I guess I'd call it Errant Thoughts, thoughts about the Mass, thoughts about life, I'm not sure what I'm going to call it. We'll see when I actually drop it. In the meantime, I know a lot of you who do listen to this program probably don't agree with my assessments of what's going on outside. That's okay. That's okay. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong. But no matter what, I think the solution is the holy sacrifice of the Mass, prayer. I need to remind myself of that on a regular basis. So I'm not in any way criticizing anybody who's struggling because I know I'm struggling. And so pray, go to mass, go to confession, receive communion, and beg God for the grace to endure.